your pen, your paper. You know, we've gotten away from using pen and paper these days. Hold it up real high. Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Redmond's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that's here. And Father, I yield to your power, your authority, and I pray that every word that is spoken will be edifying, encouraging, and Father, it will catapult us to the next level in our lives. And I give you alone all of the praise, honor, and glory for the fruit that will come out of this message and for signs, miracles, and wonders to happen in Jesus' name. Everybody say, amen, amen. amen. God bless you this morning. How many know God answers prayers? Yes, he does. He I prayed for the Cowboys last week and they won, praise the Lord. <laughs> Today I'm starting a new series entitled, I Am Ready to Prosper. I just want you to look at someone next to you and just say, I am ready to prosper. I believe God wants the best for us. However, many believers are not experiencing the best in their lives. And the, one of the reasons why is because they really don't believe on the inside that God wants them to prosper. Amen. God wants the best for his, his children, but it's up to us to change our thinking and obey his principles so that the promises of God become a reality in our lives. So this series and this teaching is going to raise your faith, it's going to touch your heart, and it's going to change your life. Say this with me. Say, uh, in fact, I just want you to do this. Say, uh, my faith is going to raise. God's going to touch my heart. And my life is going to change. Amen. So if you're taking notes, write down the title, I am ready to prosper. And some of you may be thinking, well, pastor, I'm already prospering. And you know what? That's wonderful. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that prosperity has other levels. Yeah. Amen. There's a better car than a Nissan. Come on. There's some better shoes than Converse. Amen. There, there's a better marriage than I love Lucy and Ricky Ricardo sleeping in separate beds. There, there's better. It's called king size. So I have one point this morning, just one, because I'm going to hammer this point home. Because when I first got saved, one of the reasons I did not want to be in ministry, not that God was calling me at first to ministry, but everyone that I knew or saw in ministry 
their life. They lived a holy life, but they had holes in their pockets. I, I couldn't see myself serving God and not being fulfilled with what my desires were. In other words, God knew before he called me to be a preacher that I like bling. He already knew that. Even though other people may have a problem with it. Listen, before I bought bling, I bought fling. How many know what fling is? Fling is fake bling. And I wore my fling like it was real because I like bling. Before I got saved, I liked nice cars. So I'm thinking in my mind, you become a pastor or a preacher and you almost take a vow of poverty. But I'm going to show you this morning that it is God's will and God's desire for you to prosper. Can you say amen to that? So here's my first point, and I'm going to say it throughout the message. Here's the first point. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. In other words, it is the will of God and the desire of God for you to prosper. Say this with me. Say, it's the will of God and the desire of God for me to prosper. Amen. And prosperity does not just mean money. God wants your relationship to be prosperous. He wants your health to be prosperous. I mean, there's nothing like having financial freedom, but you can't spend it because you're sick. So I'm not just talking about financial prosperity. I'm talking about prosperity overall. So I want you to find uh, a couple of verses. Go to Psalm 35, Psalm 35, and we're going to look in verse 27, and then we're going to turn over to Job 36:11. That was Psalm 35, verse 27, and then Job 36:11. And and here's the thing: my goal is to convince you today that when you leave, you have no doubt that God wants you to prosper. Now, even if you're doing well, I'm telling you there are another levels out there that you haven't seen. In uh, Psalm, uh, where I tell you to go? 35, look in verse 27. I love this. It says, let them, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yes, let them say, what's the next word, class? Come on, class. He says, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the poverty of his saints. What did it say? Now, notice he says, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. If he takes pleasure in it, he has no problem with it. Now, here's one of the things, and I'm, I'm going to go on, but I just want to point out a principle here. Most people don't experience consistent prosperity because they're not saying continually this. Did you get that? He says, let them say continually let the Lord be magnified, and he takes pleasure in my prosperity. Now, when you start talking like that, people are going to get upset with you. 
because uh, people who normally uh, are, are, are very religious or struggling tend to have problems when you talk like this. But see, God has built into our lives an automatic faith builder. There is a reason why he says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word because he, he put a mouth on you. And anytime you get ready to raise your faith, all you have to do is open your mouth. So as I open my mouth to say, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in my prosperity, I'm raising my faith. Can you say amen? Now go to Job 36. Go to Job chapter 36. Look in verse 11. Job 36, 11. God wants you to prosper. Job 36, 11. I love this particular verse. It says, if they obey. Are you there? Are you there? Okay, look on the screen if you're not there. If they, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. He says, if they obey and serve him, they, they who? Huh? They who obey and serve, that's who he's talking about, shall, watch this, they shall spend their days in what? Prosperity and their years in what? Listen, he just gave you a formula right there. If you obey and you serve, he says even when you get old, you won't have to worry about retirement, you'll still spend your days in pleasure. I mean, if you're waiting on the government, not the government, the government to come out with this wonderful program when you retire, it may not happen. Amen. Now go to Genesis 39. Go to Genesis chapter 39. We're going to use a lot of verses this morning because I want you to see God wants you to prosper. In fact, say it again. Say, God wants me to prosper. Genesis 39, look in verse 21. Genesis 39, 21. I'm going to read it out of two versions, but I'm going to start in the King James. Now, this is the story of Joseph, and I want you to just listen to what happened to Joseph. Genesis 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison. How many know God can be wherever you are? And he showed him his faithful love and the Lord made Joseph a favorite I'm actually reading out a different version but the Lord uh, made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden before long the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison verse 23 the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything, and the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. The King James says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor. Say favor. Gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison. In other words, he was a prisoner supervisor. I don't mind being a supervisor, but I don't know if I want to be a supervisor in jail. And the keeper of the prisoner committed into Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison and whatsoever they did there, he, he was the doer of it. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with Joseph and that which he did, read it with me, the Lord made it to If the Lord made Joseph to prosper, God 
wants us to prosper. Now, I just want you to say it, in, say it again. Say, God, God wants, me wants me to prosper. prosper. Now, look at your neighbor and say, God, God wants, me wants me to prosper. Amen. Now go to 2 Chronicles. Go to 2 Chronicles. We're turning. 2 Chronicles. If you want to find it, it's, it's on page 525 in my Bible. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles 26. See, sometimes we are waiting for an eloquent word to come out of a preacher's mouth instead of letting the word itself make an impact in your life. It's, it's not my words that's going to make an impact on your life. It's the word of God. The Bible says God's word, it will live forever. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So my goal is to put you and settle you on the word. Can you say amen to that? Second Chronicles 26, I'm going to start in verse number 1. It says, then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and they made him king in the room or in the place of his father Amaziah. I'm going to jump down now to verse, verse 2. Well, let's just look in verse 4. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. Verse 5. And he, Uzziah, sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had the understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he, Uzziah, sought the Lord, read it with me, God made him to prosper. So if we reach a point in our life, if we reach a point in our relationship, if we reach a point in an area where there's no prosperity, ask yourself, am I seeking God in that area? And the Bible says God made him to prosper. What I love about God is the Bible says he will prepare a table in front of you, right in front of your enemies. God don't want to kill the people that hate you. He don't want to kill them. No, no, no. That's too easy. He wants to bless you in front of them. Have you had somebody that really hated on you? And then somehow God just blessed you so much and they saw it. All they can do is just shake their head. Amen. Everybody say, it's the will of God and the desire of God for me to prosper. Now go to Luke chapter 12. Go to Luke chapter 12. Go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. We're going to look in verse 22. And I'm about to say something that may stun some of you all. Luke chapter 12, look at verse 22. Now this is Jesus talking. He says in... He said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for your body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than clothing. He says, consider the birds, the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barns. And God feeds them. In other words, you know what? They don't have a pantry to store worms. They have to trust God every day for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and in between snacks. They have to trust God to supply for them. Well, I believe God created us to have more than bird faith. Watch this, verse 26. Well, verse 25. 
And which of you by taking thought can add to your stature one cubit, verse 26? And if you then, being not able to do that thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin. But yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And seek not you what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or neither be doubtful in mind. Verse 30. But verse 30. For all these things, clothing, food, all of that, do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. But rather, seek the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. Watch this in verse 32. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, I'm going to read the latter part of that in the Living Bible. In verse uh, 30, it says, all mankind, all mankind scratches for his daily bread, but your father in heaven knows your needs. He will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Verse 32, he says, so don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. In other words, it makes God happy to prosper us. Something happened to me on yesterday. I was taking Landon. We were driving, and he had ate a whole pack of potato chips. My wife and I were at the car wash together, okay? And uh, so he wanted another bag. Daddy, will you buy me another bag? Okay, I go in there, and I get him another bag. And, you know, it was so fast that the lady said, you, he just paid for those. I said, ma'am, he already ate those. So he gets back out, he, I open the bag, he starts eating, we get in the car, okay? And the, the chips begin to look good to me. So I ask, Landon, can I have two? I didn't ask for five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, I didn't do that. I said, Landon, can I have two of your chips? No. I said, well, can I have one and a half? No. I said, well, can I have one of your chips? No. I said, well, how many chips can I have? None. Okay, I said, you know, see, I'm thinking in my head, he's going to want something else from me. <laughs> so then we get home, and I had some, some uh, uh, he wanted to play with my phone. I let him play with the phone. And then I had some juice that landed on it. I was like, uh-huh, it's coming now. It's coming, brother, it's coming. Daddy, can I have some of your juice? So I just asked him a logical question for a five-year-old. I said, why should I give you some of my juice when you wouldn't give me none of your chips? I mean, that's a fair question, isn't it? So I wanted to see how he was going to slide out of this one. He looked at me right in my face. He said, because I'm your son. Landon has a revelation that his father wants to bless him. And you and I have to get a revelation that God wants to bless us.
It's not about what you did yesterday. It's not about what you did last year. What about now? He wants to bless you. And I thought, what an answer. Because I'm your son. I'm going to use that one on God. Evan, why should I bless you? Because I'm your son. Can somebody say amen to that? Here's the thing. Go to 2 Chronicles. Since we're in Chronicles, go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Okay? Watch this now. In order to prosper, we must believe in something or in somebody. I'm going to say it again. In order to prosper, we must believe in something or believe somebody. Either way. See, everybody's believing something. The question is, are they believing the right thing? See, if I'm going to dwell as a kingdom citizen, I want to believe the right thing. Because when you believe the right thing, when the storms of life come, it won't matter because what I'm believing is founded on the rock. Watch this now. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Look in verse 20. It says, And they rose early in the morning, and they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Word of Truth Family Church. He says, Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall you be established. But then he goes on and say, but believe his what? His prophets, that word prophets, it can be translated as prophetic voice. Believe his prophetic voice, his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Your prosperity is connected to who you believe in. Now let me give you a take-home statement. And, and that word believe, if you look it up, it means trust. And that's why you should never be a part of a church if you don't trust the pastor. Thank you. You should never be a part of a church where you don't trust the pastor. And this is what I tell new members when they come in because a lot of times people come in with baggage and they don't know it. They drag their old church experience into a new church opportunity. And this is what I tell them. I said, trust me until I prove to you that I'm untrustworthy. Here's a take-home statement. Never let your past experience override the truth of your present. I'm going to say that again. Never let your past experience override the truth of your present. In other words, a lot of times people allow what has happened impact their life for what God wants to make happen. In fact, go to Matthew chapter 26. Go to Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26. I found out that one of the two key things that keep people back from prospering, and, I'm gonna, and, and next week, I'm going to base this whole thing on faith. If you have never heard the teaching on faith, that's what this church started from. My life is a life of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But see, your faith also is what you need to obtain the promises of God. And see, one of the two things that really uh, cause people to not prosper is offense and forgiveness. Now see, people don't understand this. The word forgiveness is a financial term. 
Okay, okay, the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debtors as we forgive those who have debt against us. Forgive us our debt as we forgive those who have debt against us. That's that, that word for unforgiveness. Well, forgiveness is a financial term. So why do you think God will prosper you if you're hoarding unforgiveness? Unforgiveness stops the flow. It's a financial term. It's going to stop your flow. See, listen, you have to see it like this. No one is that important to stop your flow. Amen. Maybe your business, I'm talking to somebody right now, maybe your business has come to a halt or maybe your business is not doing as well as you know it can because maybe you're holding something against one of your old customers that dropped you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody in here. Watch Matthew. Let me show you something. Matthew chapter, where I told you to go? 26. All right, we're almost done here. Matthew 26, look in verse 7. Are y'all learning anything? He says in verse 7, Matthew 26, 7. There came unto him, this is Jesus, a woman having an alabaster box of very precious. Everybody say very precious. Very precious ornament, and she poured it on his head as he sat to eat, verse 8. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. Can I just tell you this? Everybody ain't going to be excited about your blessing. And I don't know why we expect everybody to. Listen, everybody in your family is not going to be excited about your new car. They're not going to be excited that you and your wife are not fussing and fighting. Amen. They're not going to be excited if you're in school and you're making good grades. You know, when I was growing up, it was almost like a crime to make good grades because it made you look like you were like Poindexter. So you flunk a test just to be in the, in the class with everybody else. Well, they're they going to be in that class next year. Watch what it says here. They were, they had indignation and they said, why was this wasted? Verse 9. For this ointment, watch their mindset now, I'm about to show you something. For this ointment might have been sold for what? Much and given to who? Okay, stop right there. That just tells me they valued the poor over they did Jesus. Watch this now. Verse 10, when Jesus understood it, he said to them, why are you troubling this woman? For she has wrought a good work on me. For, verse 11, for you have the poor always with you, but me you don't always have. Verse 12, for in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verse 13, verily I say unto you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also be this that this woman has done. It will be told for a memorial of her. The disciples didn't have a problem with this lady. Watch this now. They didn't have a problem if she was going to sew down. They didn't have a problem if she was going to give to people who were less fortunate than she was. They didn't have a problem if she was going to give to somebody that didn't have as much as she had. But the moment they decided 
to go to watch this to give up. See, you can eat. See, here's the thing: sowing down is considered giving of alms. But watch this: sowing up is viewed as investing. And every investment is going to reap a harvest. Watch this. This woman sold up. She gave to, he didn't need what she had. But she decided to give to somebody who really didn't, didn't even need it. She gave it to him and watch this. It reaped an investment where we're still talking about her today. So when you sow up, it's an investment. And that's how you have to see, when, you, when you're talking about prosperity, you, can, you know, some of the, my wife loves Cheesecake Factory. Loves cheese. I'm not in love with it, but I can do it. And there's this particular couple, and uh, the husband is very famous, and uh, she see him there all the time. And she decided one day to just go, they, we know them, but she just went to go pay for their meal. And she paid for their meal, and he said, no one has ever done that. You mean to tell me just because someone is well off, they're not worthy to be blessed? And the disciples felt that sowing into the poor was better than sowing into Christ. Can you say amen to that? And that's why the world, they don't have a problem with we're giving to the kids in Africa. But when it's time to build a building and we talk about that, people have a problem. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, when I'm sowing up, and when I say sowing up, that means you're giving to God. When you're sowing up and you're giving to God, there's an investment coming back. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I'm going to close with this. Let me give you, a, let me, let me give you a, a take-home statement. Here's another take-home statement. Our motivation for accumulation should be distribution and not total consumption. I'm going to say that again. Our motivation for accumulation should be distribution and not total consumption. What that means is when God blesses us, the purpose of him blessing us is not all for us. When I'm talking about God prospering you, it's not all for you. He wants you to be a blessing. Now, Here's the main key, and I'm closing right here. Here's it. I found out the easiest way to get your mind renewed. You know, some people have a problem with their minds being renewed. That's why they still do the same thing. You know, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, if renewing your mind was easy, everybody would do it. But I found out the secret to renewing your mind instantly. How many would like to know? What I'm about to say right now is worth the whole CD. <laughs> worth the whole CD. Satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't like it, we'll ship it back to you. We're including the shipping and handling. Let me ask you a question. Well, let me just say this. The number one fear that everyone has is the fear of public speaking. How many got that fear? Just be honest. You got that fear? You know, how many wouldn't want to come up here and, and on the stage and say something? How many wouldn't want to do that? I mean, it'll be embarrassing to you. Let me see. Hold your head up. Hold your head up. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, sweetheart, right here in the red. Right here. <laughs> you wouldn't do that? You wouldn't do that? Uh, how about if I gave you $20, would you do it? 
I'm, I'm telling you, if I give you $20, will you come up here and say something? And I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm gonna, all I'm going to ask you to say is, praise the Lord. Would you do it? You would do it for 20 See, I was going to give you 40 I was going to go up to 60 but, but here's my point. The very thing that she was fearful of, the moment I presented a reward or a blessing in front of her, she immediately changed her mind. Something that she dreads every day in her life. Oh, no, I would never get up there and say anything. But the moment I presented a blessing, the moment I presented something that was more valuable, she grabbed that thing. I'm going to give you the 20 anyway. You don't have to come up here and say anything. But I wanted people to see how instant her mind got changed. Well, guess what? You can change your mind instantly when it comes to prospering when you understand there's a reward at the end of it. When God tells you to pay for somebody's meal, just remember, there's a reward. It'll make you go faster. You'll be quick, draw McGraw. Because if you don't watch it, you will do. When God speaks to you, the longer it takes for you to do it is the timeline that someone else is going to use to bless you. Now, I'm, I'm closing right here. I, I'm, I'm closing up. I was in uh, Tyler, Texas. I was speaking. And uh, it was a two-day men's conference. And I had took some brand new black Gucci shoes with me. And I wore some red high-top Jordans, okay? How many know they, they, they did cost a little bit of money? Well, I accidentally left both pair at the hotel. So we called the hotel back. Oh, sir, we never saw any shoes in that room. We're so sorry, you lying. Those people who clean that room put those shoes in a trash bag and act like they was taking the trash out and put that trash in their car. How many know that's what happened? And as soon as I figured it out, I started just grieving. <laughs> I started grieving. And I'll never forget. The Lord said, Edmund, just give the shoes. So on. <laughs> And he's done that before with me, you know. In other words, give it to the person who got it. You don't even have to know them. Just give it to them because you can't reap on what you lost, but you can reap on what you sow. He said, Evan, I want you to give them. I said, I'm not ready. It's been a whole month. I'm still holding on to the shoes. But today in Jesus' name, Lord, because of this message, I let go of those shoes. I pray that you will bless the person who's got them. Let them wear them. Let them last a long time. Let them look good in them. Let them take care of it in Jesus' name. Let them get compliments. Let them be comfortable in them. I release it now. Hallelujah. <laughs> How many know sometimes you preach it to yourself? Huh? <laughs> Did you get blessed this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, if you died today, are you 100% sure heaven would be your home?